For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Millie Adrian, and we're going to explore how to develop an Instagram strategy. Whether your goal is to grow your channel or whether your goal is to grow your sales, you're absolutely going to love today's episode. Hey, to all my American listeners, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I am super thankful that you have listened to this podcast. No matter where you are in the world, thank you so much for being a regular listener I really appreciate it. By the way, I am at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow the show so you don't miss any of our amazing future content coming your way. Are you looking for smart solutions to grow your agency? When your agency partners with Wix, you unlock an entire digital ecosystem for creating, managing, and growing your business online so you can run your agency the way you've always wanted to. Get the full coding and design freedom to create anything your clients need, along with the tools to manage and collaborate with your team seamlessly from anywhere. And when it comes to growing your business, you can get matched with new leads every day and earn revenue share for every website you create. They'll all be backed by Wix's industry-leading security and site performance. You'll also have dedicated account managers on standby 24-7 so you can reach your goals and start setting new ones. See for yourself. Head over to wix.com slash partners and reimagine what your agency can accomplish. You support this show by checking out our sponsors. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. And now for this week's interview with Millie Adrian. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Millie Adrian. If you don't know who Millie is, she's an Instagram strategist, coach, and founder of It's Modern Millie a company that helps aspiring influencers and entrepreneurs grow on Instagram. Her course is called The Modern Influencer, and her YouTube channel is called It's Modern Millie. Millie, welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much for having me. You make me sound so professional. I love it. Well, that's because you are a professional. <laughs> I'm really stoked to have you. And today, Millie and I are going to explore how to develop an Instagram strategy. Mm-hmm. But before we go there, I would love to hear your story. Like, how'd you get into Instagram? Start wherever you want to start. Let's hear it. I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> well, how much time do you have? Um, my story, I feel like it expands over years and years because there's so many elements that go into it, but I'll try to give like the bullet point version. After graduating high school, I was one of those people who went to college because I, I that was the thing to do. I thought I needed to go to college. That was the rule to follow. And I'm one of five kids in my family wow. and I'm number four of five. So for me to be the first child to attend college was like a big deal or to attend university. Hmm. For me, it was a big deal. That's cool. And yeah, so going to college was like, wow, I'm in college. I was pursuing a career as a teacher. So I wanted to teach any topic. I was leaning towards either music or special needs. And that was like what I was going for. Nice. A year into college at the university I was at, I just craved dancing. I used to dance in high school. It wasn't anything I took seriously, but my body needed to move and the college I was at didn't have any sort of dance program. So I had to make a hard decision, leave university to dance or stay at university pursuing something that I felt I had to, not because I craved to. I ended up pursuing dance and I went to a community college in my area on scholarship, able to take as many dance classes to be be a dance teacher. But unfortunately, a year into that, I got a pretty bad injury where I lost my scholarship. I had to drop out of all of the dance classes I was in, which made me lose my scholarship, forcing me to drop out of college. And my doctor was like, yo, you need to get a big girl job. You got to get a desk job. You're going to be on crutches for at least the next nine months. And you got to do something else. Career change again. So found myself in corporate. I was in corporate for about five years and I loved it. I happened to find the best job in the world in San Diego and working with the best company that really taught me everything I needed to with business. I started as a sales rep and slowly worked my way up the ladder to the project manager. But during my time there, again, I was craving that creativity. I couldn't really dance anymore, but I needed another creative outlet which led me to Instagram. And I just was taking pictures for fun, trying to find ways I could incorporate dance to create images to share with people and also teaching what I learned from corporate to other people and just trying to tie everything into one page to help other people and inspire other people. Eventually, I found my niche, which became Instagram and teaching people how to utilize Instagram to grow, especially how to utilize Instagram to grow your passions or grow with your passion, grow your business, grow your brand, specifically those elements. Well, I've got more questions on this story. So what year would you say it was when you decided that you were going to really use Instagram to, I mean, when did you start exploring Instagram and when did you decide to go all in on it? So I started posting to Instagram for fun in 2015. That was kind of the rise of 
travel bloggers, fashion bloggers. And I thought, oh, in order to be successful, you have to be a fashion blogger. So I was trying to be a fashion blogger. And then the next two years was kind of me figuring out what the heck I wanted to do. If I wanted to grow it as a business, do I want to be an influencer? What the heck do I want to do on Instagram? So then I feel like more so 2018, 2019 is when it really clicked. And I was like, ah, I'm going to post consistently and do this niche. I'm going to teach people how to grow an Instagram and organize their business for long-term success. And that's when I started to take it more seriously in 2018, 19. And when did you start up the YouTube channel? Tell us a little bit about that story. With YouTube, I've actually been on YouTube for 12 years. Not this channel. My other channel I had was with my little brother for 10 years. Wow. And we just made random videos. It wasn't because we wanted to be YouTubers. We just loved making videos. So kind of being on Instagram felt natural because I was already comfortable in front of the camera. I had already been filming videos for 10 years. And then when I posted to Instagram and started growing my Instagram page, I saw that there was, I was doing my research on YouTube, like how to grow on Instagram, trying to find how to grow on Instagram on YouTube. And I saw that there was a gap there and not a lot of people were actually teaching what I was searching for. So I used that as an opportunity to start my YouTube page in 2019. You've really blown that up. You've blown up that channel too, right? Yeah, I didn't really start posting consistently on YouTube until last year. Last year, mid-quarantine, I got an email saying, hey, you're monetized on YouTube, which means like I had just hit a thousand subscribers and 4,000 watch hours. So I was like, whoa, I'm monetized? Maybe I should post more frequently. <laughs> so COVID really helped me take YouTube seriously and it kind of all fell together. Yeah. And I believe you've got well over 100,000 subscribers now at this point. Is that about right? I do. I think I have about 115,000 subscribers on YouTube and then 68,000 on Instagram. So what is your business today? Bring us up to the present. So what are you doing and who are you doing it for today? Right now, I teach aspiring influencers how to develop their own personal brands and use their personal brands to one, grow on Instagram and two, land paid brand collaborations so that they can leave their corporate jobs or turn their passion into a full-time business because that's exactly what I did. So since I've been there, I've been able to teach my students how to replicate the same exact success. Awesome. Well, it's a really cool story. Now what I'd love to ask you is there's a lot of people listening to this podcast. Some of them are influencers. Many of them work for businesses and they're managing an Instagram account for the business. From your perspective, when it comes to Instagram, do you feel like strategy is so important? Mm -hmm. Because I think so many people just don't have a strategy. <laughs> right. I fully agree with that statement. Here's the thing. I know Instagram might be an incredibly frustrating platform for some people, but hate to break it to you, it isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So right. Instagram right now is the best place to be to invite your audience to see like the human side of your business or brand. So when you let customers or potential customers peek into the people side 
of your business or more of the behind the scenes of your brand, they can easily become way more personally attached to you and you're able to create that personal relationship with them. It's no longer, oh, Dava is a great business I use for video editing. I'm using Dava as an example because they're my video editors. That's the first company that popped in my head. So it's no longer, oh, Dava is a great business for video editing. It becomes, oh my gosh, I need to follow Dava on all the platforms because I can't wait to see Pedro do his Tuesday's takeovers. Or I can't wait to watch how they edit their videos, see what videos they're editing on their stories this week. It, it becomes, you're more personally invested at that point. Got it. And the fact of the matter is that we shouldn't just be posting on Instagram. We should have a strategy, right? I mean, because I would imagine you were on Instagram for a while. It probably wasn't until you figured out your strategy that things started really connecting. Does that sound fair? Oh, yeah. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make who are interested in starting on Instagram is they stick to the common tips that they maybe have remembered, which are usually like, pick a niche or pick a niche, whatever, however you want to say it, pick a niche and post consistently. Like we all know that by now. So when people are starting on Instagram, they just jump in and they start posting. They're posting every day for a month or two months. Nothing's happening. They're not seeing results. They get burnt out, pissed at Instagram. They give up. That's kind of what the pattern people follow when they don't develop a strategy. So let's talk about the first thing we need to be thinking about when it comes to our strategy on Instagram? Like, where do we start? I would say the first place to start is, I think we need to take a step back, have some sort of bird's eye view and reverse engineer your strategy. So you need to ask yourself, what is the goal with Instagram? What do you want out of posting? And then create a plan to reach that goal. So if your goal is growth, then we need to figure out how to grow. If your goal is to make sales, then you need to figure out a specific strategy to make sales. If your goal is increased engagement, there's a different strategy for that. So all of those different goals will require different strategies, different posting styles, because there's so many different types of content on Instagram. Know your goal first, so you're producing the right content. Do you find that the people you work with tend to try to use Instagram to sell or are they mostly in a growth mindset? Because I'm curious, like the marketer inside of me thinks that, you know, there is this belief inside of many CEOs and entrepreneurs that the thing that matters the most is the size of the following. But I'm just curious if you've noticed kind of a shift in any of this mindset kind of stuff, because my personal feelings, I'll tell you in a few minutes, but I'm just curious, like, what is it most people seem to want these days, the people that you're working with, are they looking to grow their following or are they looking more to use whatever following they have to try to nurture and develop relationships to ultimately promote a product and service? Typically, when people come to me, they're looking for growth. And as they get that growth, they realize, oh, more followers doesn't mean more money. Maybe I should also have some strategy in place to make money. So they think that followers equivalent to making more money. So that's just their goal. They don't know that you can have a monetary goal in place before as well. So most people see me growth, growth, growth. And after they grow, they're like, okay, how do I make money? And then we go through the money plan. Well, and let's be honest, there is certain reasons why you want to maybe start with growth, right? Because you want to get to those 10,000 followers so you can add a link into your stories, for example, right? 
I mean, that's definitely a reason why somebody might want to focus on growth if they've got a small following, right? Yes. In kind of from an outside perspective looking in, the common want is to hit 10,000 followers, but it's not necessary. It's not a need. I just think it's a common want that people have. They think, oh, once I hit 10K and I have these features, then I'll see success. But you don't have to hit that milestone to see success. You can see success at 5,000 followers, at 1,000 followers. So let's start with growth strategy. Because Mm -hmm. we know that a lot of people listening right now probably have been mandated by their client or their boss to grow the channel, (laughs) right? (laughs) They might agree with us and they might be saying, Millie and Mike, I get it, but my boss doesn't get it or my client (laughs) doesn't get it, right? Like they want to grow the channel. So I say channel, I really mean account or whatever, right? Like, so let's start Mm -hmm. with like, what's the elements, what's the strategic elements, if you will, of growing our Instagram account? Perfect. So there are three elements of a good or great growth strategy. Before I say those three, I will kind of put a little asterisk over here and say, if with your business and with your position, you are able to create a face for the company that you're working for, that's going to help tremendously with growth because when there's a personal connection and you see a face behind a company, that's going to help a lot. I've run a few social media accounts before I was a, an influencer coach and they were mostly businesses and they didn't want faces attached. They're like, oh no, we, we're just this corporation. We're a corporation. And sure enough, a few months of just posting what they wanted me to post, they're like, we're not growing. And I'm like, I know I've, told you this is what you need to do. And they're like, okay, let's start creating some behind the scenes, start showing our faces more. As soon as they started showing their faces more, they started to see some growth. Real quick on that. When you say show the face, you don't necessarily mean change out your company logo on your account (laughs) picture. You mean have a human show up. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Cause like You know, with Social Media Examiner, obviously, we have a little dude. That's our little avatar, right? (laughs) But creating a face for the company means to have someone represent the company. Is that really what that means? And decide who that person is and a spokesperson almost, for lack of better words? Yep. And it can be any position. It doesn't have to be the CEO. So if you present the idea to the person who hired you, they're like, well, well, Bob wouldn't want to do that. You know, he's too busy. It's like, oh, no, it's just a face to represent the company. Why is that so important on Instagram? In general, why is it so important on social? What do you want to say to people who might not agree with this position? Like, why has it worked so well for you and your clients? I think it heavily falls into creating the no like trust factor, which may be a common term people talk about. But creating the no like trust factor means when somebody knows you and they like you and they trust you, then you'll be able to sell to them or then they'll be able to create closer relations. They'll sign up for your course. They'll buy your new product. That's what we're going for. We're, we want to create that no like trust factor. And it's so much easier to relate to somebody person to person than it is person to the letter K for circle K, you know? Right, right, right. Like, It creates that personal connection. (laughs) Very cool. All right. So let's assume we've got that. And even if we don't have that, let's just assume we need that. What's next to the growth strategy? Yes. So the three elements of your 
fantastic growth strategy would be intentional growth action, consistency, and early adoption. I do dramatic pauses in case anybody's taken notes. So intentional growth action, consistency, and early adoption. Okay, let's dig in on each one. What does intentional growth action mean? Intentional growth actions, I I say intentional because oftentimes when we go on Instagram, we get easily distracted. (laughs) So when you're spending your time on Instagram, if you want to grow, you need to be intentional to do growth actions, which are anything that you can do on Instagram that will help get you in front of new eyes, such as posting reels, um, starting Instagram rooms, engaging with potential customers who currently aren't following you, and occasionally in feed posts. Okay. So I think we know Reels because we've covered that pretty well. And the big mm-hmm. advantage to Reels, obviously, is that that's the one real big thing that Instagram is pushing out to people who don't follow you. Yeah. But Instagram rooms is kind of not something I've talked about on this show before. So explain why that gets you in front of new eyeballs. So Instagram Rooms, for anybody who's listening and hasn't even heard of it, doesn't know what that is, it's basically when you could go live, Instagram Live, but you're able to go live with up to two to four accounts. And when you go live with other accounts, not only does it notify your followers that, hey, Millie is live, it's also notifying all four attendees or all four speakers, all four accounts, all of their followers that you are live together. Uh So it gives you two, three, four times the audience that you normally would have if you were to go live by yourself. What do you typically do when you've got like three or four people inside of a live, like just help people understand from a content perspective, helping wrap their brain around what they might talk about? Yeah, there's different approaches that you could take to Instagram rooms. The one that I tend to lean towards is an educational approach. So I would collaborate or invite other people maybe within my niche or other people who fill in the gaps of my niche. So maybe I I can't really legally speak about how to legally protect yourself as an influencer, but I can invite somebody else to talk about that and we can create an outline beforehand of, hey, let's talk about these five things and almost have a podcast style conversation on Instagram live or in Instagram rooms to give value to our followers. It's about understanding what your followers see as valuable and providing that value with a group of people. Love it. So you said reels and then you said rooms Mm -hmm. and then what were the other two? Engaging with potential customers or potential followers who currently aren't following you. Maybe they don't know you exist. And I say occasionally in feed posts can help with growth strategy. So on the in feed stuff, I'm assuming that's where you maybe put some hashtags or something like that. Is that the idea? Right. The best way to get in front of new eyes is using hashtags for in-feed posts, but I wouldn't stress too much about the hashtag game. Hashtags are a great tool to help you, but they're not an entire strategy. So that's why I say in-feed posts could help if you're able to get spot on target hashtags. If not, in-feed posts might fall more into like your trying to increase engagement with your current followers strategy. And engaging with potential customers, does that mean kind of like scoping out your competition or (laughs) engaging in the, in the comment threads? Is that kind of what we're talking about? 
Yep, exactly. So what I do is I find my competitors or one of my students, she calls them her niche neighbors. And I love that. Oh, I like that. So I go to my niche neighbors and I look in their most recent posts, see who's commenting on their stuff, because that means that person is an engaged audience member. If they're engaged with them, they could be engaged with me. And I go to their profile. I'll like three posts and I'll give an insightful comment, not just great pick, but wow, really love this post. I love how you talked about this in your caption. Thank you so much for sharing. Sweet. Okay. So you also mentioned consistency. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about why that's so important and what does that mean? So a lot of people may be rolling their eyes when they hear consistency because earlier I kind of bashed on it and I was like, if you're just posting consistently and you don't see results, you won't grow. But that's because there's a misconception about what posting consistently means. And a lot of people think post consistently means post every day, but it doesn't. Consistency is created by yourself. Your consistency isn't compared to any other user. It's just compared against your own or compared with your own profile. So you get to create your own posting schedule, even if it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday is when you're posting three times a week. That's consistency. It doesn't have to be this big number that's intimidating and burns you out. It's just whatever you're realistically able to keep up with. Now, there's some people probably who are savvy and are thinking, but Millie, if I just do a couple reels and they take off, aren't I set? I mean, is that true or is that not true? Because you know how if, if a reel completely takes off and is watched by like millions of people, that could be like a rocket ship to growth, could it not? Yeah, absolutely. The only problem is if you have a reel take off and somebody goes to your profile, but you only have five reels uploaded, mm. they're like, oh, is this somebody I want to follow? Because people press the follow button for selfish reasons. They don't follow it because they're like, I love you. (laughs) They press follow because they think you have something to give to them. So they have all the stuff to gain. When they go to your profile, if you have five reels, they're like, um, they might not have enough to give for me next. So the goal here is when you're creating consistent reels or posting consistent reels, you actually create this bingeable, backlog, basically your own Netflix show on your reels tab, where finally you've been posting in 30, 40 reels later, one gets 5 million views. All of those people, they're way more likely to press that follow button because they see that you're constantly giving instead of relying on one post to lead you to success. Outstanding. The last part of the growth strategy was? Early adaptation. Talk to me about that. What do you mean by that? So we all know that Instagram is constantly changing left and right. And this is something that can be overwhelming to some, but it's actually good news for us. Everybody listening who wants to turn to Instagram or is required to use Instagram to grow their business. Because by Instagram evolving, one, they're proving that they're in this for the long haul. They don't want to be a one-hit wonder They're constantly looking for more ways to be relevant and to adapt to social media trends. And two, the more they evolve, the more it gives us a chance to adapt and quickly adapt to the changes. When you quickly adapt to those changes, the algorithm, the mysterious algorithm, 
gives some love to you and they'll be like, oh, wow, they're using the new feature. They're using this new tool. Let's give them a little bit of love because this new feature is now included in the algorithm. So if you ignore it, you're ignoring part of an opportunity to get more people to your page. So how early, because you and I both know that Instagram seems to roll out something new almost every week (laughs) or every other week. How early classifies as early, right? They roll out a new feature. How fast do we need to move to see the advantage in your opinion? Right. Obviously, I would say as fast as you can without overwhelming yourself. But typically, maybe within a year, if I wanted to extend that. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. So you don't have to jump on it instantly. You don't have to drop everything just because they rolled out some new feature, right? Yeah. You know, you can follow people like me who give tips on how to use the new strategies and then figure out how to adapt that to your Instagram strategy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like I'm still not on Reels. Our company isn't still on Reels. I feel like it's been out for well over a year now. I don't know. I could be wrong, Mm -hmm. but doesn't it seem like it's been out for a while? It has, right? Yeah. So it came out in August of last year. And that's why I say like, hey, a year is still a baby. Because when you think of Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, like TikTok came out five, six years ago, but recently blew up last year. They're still a baby. And Reels is this new huge tool on Instagram that's still a baby because it's still developing. They still release new features for it. So the quicker you can adapt to those new features, kind of if you imagine a wave graph with like those those features going up and up and up, the quicker you could go up with those features, then your account will blow up as well. Yeah, because in the early days, the platform wants to do everything in its power to kind of showcase people that are getting creative with the new features, right? So if you, to encourage others to not just consume those, but maybe even create them themselves. So if you get started early enough, then you could be very little competition, right? Like when yeah. stories came out at first, not everybody was on stories and they reaped the benefits because they were the only thing people saw every time they opened Instagram, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. And now everyone's doing it. You're spot on. You can take over for me now. Like That's exactly it. So at a high level from growth strategy, you know, get some intentional actions in place to grow. And we talked about a series of things like reels, IG rooms, and so on and so forth. We also talked about how it's really important to be consistent and you can be consistent on your own cadence. You don't have to be like some other person who's crazy posting three times a day Mm -hmm. and try to get in early if you can on some of these new features because there might be an advantage to you. Now let's flip the script and talk about the other side of the equation, which is, hey, I want to use my Instagram account to nurture people to ultimately become a customer. So what's the strategy on that side of things? So there's three elements, also three, woo, that go into your nurture strategy. Let's reveal them one at a time so we can get people (laughs) teased to want to stick around. Okay, so let's go with the first one. What's the first one? It's your intentional nurture actions. Okay, so what does that mean? Your intentional nurture actions, again, you're being intentional with these. The nurture actions are anything that you can do on Instagram that will create more of an intimate connection with your current audience, such as posting to stories, going live solo, or posting Instagram video, which is basically the new IGTV, engaging with current followers, and in feed posts with the asterisks. (laughs) Okay, so stories, uh, going live by yourself. And then you said Instagram video, which is replacing IGTV. Mm -hmm. What was the other one? 
engaging with current followers and in-feed posts. So let's talk about why stories is so important for nurturing relationships. Talk to me about that a little bit. Stories is the best place to show that raw, behind the scenes, genuine side of who you are, who your business is. Because oftentimes when you think of the feed, you think more cohesive, clear branding. You have a good idea of the brand, who you are, what you do, who you do it for, you know, so that's in feed. But the stories is where you can get personal. And when I think about my behavior, when I open the Instagram app, the first thing I do is I check the little bubbles up top and I see whose stories are there. And I watch stories before I even start scrolling. So that's just one indicator of behavior. Now, you said be intimate, right? So some people are like, are you kidding? What does that mean? Like, I have to be <laughs> intimate? Like, give us a little technique here. Because again, some people either work for a business and they don't even know what the heck they would post on a story that's intimate, mm -hmm. or they are trying to develop a personal brand for themselves, but maybe they resist the idea of being too in intimate. Like, what does that mean exactly? So the fine line is drawn by the creator. So as a business, you can decide where that line is drawn of sharing too much versus not sharing enough. But when I say intimate, I basically mean just being vulnerable, which is one of the other elements that goes into a nurture strategy is vulnerability and being okay to show up as yourself or show some funny thing that happened in the office that day. Maybe Sally came with trail mix and it spilled all over the floor and then the office dog is eating it. Like that's hilarious. <laughs> Share some of that. And then even going above and beyond to DM the people who are following you. And if they reply to your stories, you're replying back. You're in the DMs creating those connections and that relationship and taking time to create the connection beyond just, hi, my face is here, but when they reply to stories, you can reply to their stories and just getting in the DMs to make it friendship official. So much of what we're talking about here with Instagram video and Instagram live solo and stories seems to be video centric. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend we try to go video on our stories rather than just pictures with captions? I think a combination is great. I don't think that matters too much when it comes to reach or engagement. I think what helps the most with engagement is creating stories that take your customers' opinions or your followers' opinions. So using the little stickers, mm. so the poll, yes or no. I usually, around the holidays, I do a big movie competition in my stories. And for some reason, I'm not a movie person. My niche is not movies. But for some reason, my followers love it where just now we had like Halloween. And I asked my followers, what's all time best Halloween movie? I created a spreadsheet. The movies went head to head. So I wasn't posting videos in my stories. I was just using the movie poster and I kind of screenshot it on my phone, post it to my story. And I said, okay, what's better, Hocus Pocus or the Adams Family? And they got to vote. And that engagement, that skyrocketed my engagement. Very cool. Going live by yourself might feel a little scary for people. Mm -hmm. What do you normally talk about when you go live or what should we talk about, I guess, is maybe the bigger question. What types of things do you recommend people talk about when they're live and how long should they be live? The trick with going live is two things. One, you could ask your audience, hey, if we go live, 
what would you like to see? Mm. And pull them. Would you like to see this, 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 or this? When you have a topic picked for your live, you put the question sticker on your stories at least maybe 24 hours before and just ask, okay, what are your questions with this topic? When we go live, what questions would you like for us to answer? Because not a lot of people know this, but when you go live, you can actually pull up the questions that were asked within that sticker. So even though it was on your stories, when you're live, there's an option to select answer questions. And then you answer those questions like you already have an outline, you already have things to talk about. Even if nobody shows up, you just talk like you're answering these questions and you end it and it makes it so much easier. If you choose uh, the question and answer feature when you're live, does it automatically default back to the last question and answer story that you did, even if it's expired? Or how does that work? No. So there's, I'm trying to like picture it in my head. There's like a little comment bubble with the question mark and you just click it and you get, you get the list of all the questions that were asked already there for you. And you could select the one you want to answer and the question will pop up on the screen so that you, while you're live can see it. And the people who are watching your live, they see the little bubble and it says, how long have you been in business? You know, that's the question. So they get to see the question you're asking or you're answering to. And is that something you can trigger when you're live as well so that those questions can be brought up live as they're being asked? Yeah. As they're being asked live, just Very cool. click on the questions you want to answer. So we mentioned IGTV is gone and in its place is IG video. Do you mostly recommend saving your lives to the video and calling it done? Or do you recommend creating special content for your Instagram video? I think both is fantastic. I always save it as IGTV because it's basically killing two birds with one stone. I went live and I fed the algorithm that I just posted. It's great both ways. Engaging with followers. Talk to me a little bit about that. How does that help nurture, if you will, I think I know the answer to it, but not everybody does. A lot of people just don't engage at all. But like explain <laughs> what happens when you engage with your followers from the followers perspective and why that's so important. Yes. So it's important because that's exactly how the algorithm was designed. In the algorithm, there are two measurements that kind of indicate what you see in your feed or what your followers will see in their feed. But Within those elements, there's like, there's two elements and each one has three factors. We're just going to talk about one, what goes into the algorithm for people to see. Interest, recency, relationships. Interest, basically Instagram predicts how much somebody will care about a post. And this is determined by their past behaviors on either similar content or on similar profiles. So if you are engaging with your audience, like DMing them and they reply, their response tells the algorithm, hey, I'm close to Millie. I want to see her stuff. And then the algorithm will push your stuff to that person more. So it's really, you want to get in front of their face because you're feeding the algorithm, hey, we're connected, show them my stuff, please. <laughs> huh, that's interesting. And I would imagine it doesn't all have to be done in private. You can also engage with them in the comments, right? Can't you or can't you? I'm not super, as you can tell, I'm not super active on, on Instagram. I have somebody on my team that manages it, but can't you yeah. have an engagement with them in the comments and accomplish the same kind of thing, but for public, for everyone to see? Yeah, of course. So when you post a photo, anybody who comments on that photo take the time to reply to everyone and 
when you reply to everyone, you could even go to their profile and comment on a picture right back. So it just feeds the algorithm even more. We're still connected. Keep showing them my stuff. Recently, and I mean, within the last few months, Adam Masari, who heads up Instagram, Mm -hmm. said that we are no longer about photography, images, that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of speculation has been going on in the marketing world. Does this mean video? Because in the same breath, you pretty much said TikTok and YouTube are are threat, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm curious what your thoughts are about feed posts that are images, you know, and whether or not they're becoming less important. What's your reaction to all that? So there's a lot of rumors out there about his statement, because if I remember correctly, what had happened was in his video, he verbally says Instagram is no longer just a photo sharing app. He didn't say just, he said no longer is a photo sharing app. So then it's reversed. He said Instagram is no longer a photo sharing app, but then his caption said Instagram is no longer just a photo sharing app. Oh, interesting. Okay. It was kind of contradictory, right? Right. He says something, but then his caption said something totally different. I think... Obviously, they're pushing video content heavily because all of the changes that they've been making have been towards video content, which means if you want to grow, that's where you should be focusing. But when it comes to just nurturing your community, you might know what they like best. You can ask them, do you like to see pictures or do you just like reels? Do you like to see graphics? Basically, like you make a post in Canva with just text and it's educational My audience, at first, they just liked my face, and now they like my graphics more than they like my face. So I just have to listen to my audience. Yeah, we we tend to do a lot of carousels, and they tend to like that, which is kind of interactive, not exactly like just an image, but so fascinating. So what's your strategy here then as far as these static images? What do you recommend to people? So I think it goes back to the goal. If your goal is growth, it's going to be really hard for you to grow by just doing in-feed posts. But if you're balancing the growth and nurture, so maybe you're posting two reels a week and you do three pictures a week or three graphics a week, that's a great balancing act with those in-feed posts. Just provide value. Valuable content can be anything that's educational, inspirational, entertaining or relatable, know and understand your audience, what their pain points are, how you can speak directly to them. Every time you post, ask yourself, how can I show up for my followers today? How can I show up for them and provide value to them? And having that mindset will help your posts perform a lot better. You know, when we're talking about strategy for developing less of a growth strategy, but more of like a nurture strategy, Do you recommend certain kinds of analytics or insights that we should be paying attention to to know if it's working? Because obviously it seems less about the numbers, pure quantity wise here. So do you have recommended insights or metrics we should be looking at with some of these intentional actions we're taking? Definitely. I have a, what's it called? My insights tracker or my analytics, my monthly analytic report. There we go. Every month at the end of the month, I go back, I look at posts and I check to see which posts performed the best and which posts did not perform as well. And what I'm looking at is the average engagement. So combination of likes and comments, looking at the average engagement 
how many saves a post got because saves are super powerful, even shares. What's interesting is when I started doing this, pictures of me, my face, they got a lot of likes. Great. At first glance, that might mean, oh, the post is performing better. But when I started doing this, I noticed all of my graphics, like the Twitter posts or educational carousels, they had way more saves and way more shares, which meant that's the stuff that was resonating with my audience. So then I had to make the pivot of, okay, how can I double down and make more graphic content? So that's one thing you could focus on. And then with reels, I have a bonus tip. I don't think I've actually said this anywhere, but with reels, a lot of people think, oh, the more plays, the better, right? Right. No, (laughs) that could be true. But you also want to see if a post has, say your reel gets 2000 plays, which is better for you. You usually get 200 plays. 2000 plays is a lot. And you're like, wow, this took off. You also want to see of the 2000 plays, how many likes and comments did you get? Because maybe you got 2000 plays, but you got five likes and one comment. Whereas this reel with 200 plays had 15 comments. I like this. So you also want to check the engagement instead of just looking at the plays. I love this. And when you said Twitter, you probably meant screenshots from a tweet, right? Because right. some people are probably like, wait, <laughs> right. Twitter? Wait, she said Twitter. We're talking about Instagram. <laughs> it looks like a Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Post. I know exactly what you're talking about. I think I copied this from Gary V or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming the consistency side of this is pretty much the same as before, right? Like be as consistent as you can hold your standard against yourself. Is that the same philosophy here or is there something new on the consistency side before we jump on the vulnerable side? Because I do want to dig a little deeper on the vulnerable stuff. Yeah. Consistency is the same. So vulnerable. You did Mm -hmm. mention vulnerability, right? Like how vulnerable should we get? Yeah. Any tips on that? I say it it's kind of your own take on it. For me, just an example of how I've used vulnerability within my business. Typically, when you think Instagram coach or business coach, you think I'm giving tips on how to grow on Instagram, maybe influencers, organizing your business. Like that's what you think I'm posting about, which I am. But I also want to sprinkle in some vulnerability and share what's going on in my life. So in August, and September, and still a little bit of October, past few months, I've had some health issues come up and sharing my journey with trying to figure out what's going on has created a kind of safer space and deeper connection with my followers. I had so many messages from people messaging me saying, oh my gosh, I'm going through the same thing and I've felt so alone or I've gone through that before. Don't worry, you got this. Like I had such great response and people just related to me on a more personal level because I was vulnerable about, hey, everybody, I'm going through this. (laughs) I'm going through stuff and it just makes me more human and it helps kind of take that pressure off my shoulders of I have to be perfect all the time because there's always that pressure with posting. But It just took that pressure off my shoulders to just be true and open up, tell them what's going on, letting them know, hey, I'm stressed about this or I haven't posted in two months because I'm going through this, 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 you know. So that's kind of an example of vulnerability. 
Well, and I get that it's scary to do, especially a lot of people listening right now are like, man, I don't know how I could do that for my business. But I can imagine mm-hmm. every business, whether you're a solo operator or you work for a small or medium sized or even large business, there are struggles that happen inside the business. So, for example, right now off the coast of California are cargo ships waiting to come in full of gifts that are going to get into the stores, right? Mm-hmm. And I would imagine one of the vulnerable things you could say is, guys, we're not sure if we're going to have these awesome things in time for the holidays, right? I mean, like, uh, unfortunately, there's this crazy thing going on with these ships off the coast of California, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's like more like transparency, but still people would be like, oh my gosh, that explains why all my other products are also delayed. You know, I mean, I would imagine you could pick a scenario that's outside of your control and just say, you know, hey, this is what's going on. Or, hey, our store got shut down because of COVID. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And tell some of those crazy stories that maybe, you know, happened, but you've never told. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would imagine those are the kind of things that are also examples of telling real kind of human struggle stories that people can relate to. Am I close? You're not only close, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, that's people can maybe vulnerability might be best for somebody to relate to with a personal brand. But for businesses where maybe there's multiple people in a team, transparency is such a good word for that. Perfect. Millie, we could go on and on and on (laughs) for a long, long, long time, but we want people to go discover you and find out more about all the amazing things that you're doing. So where would they go? Where do you want to send them? Yeah. So if you want to hang out with me on a day-to-day basis, see more behind the scenes about what I do, Instagram is the best place to do that. My handle is at it's Modern Millie. So it starts with it's. And then if you just want to use me for my teaching, then YouTube is the place to be. It's Modern Millie. Millie, Adrian, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your little tips and techniques and big tips and techniques, not little big, (laughs) and all your wisdom. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 486. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I am at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. See you next time. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.